Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Elevated Places. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you once again. And my name is Ava Muhammad. I am the host of Elevated Places. My co-host is with me this evening, Brother Terrence Muhammad. And, of course, our illustrious uh, panel of experts in their various fields of endeavor along with our executive producer, uh, to make everything go smoothly and give you the best experience that you can have or hear tonight. And um, also, I'm so thrilled and pleased that we're going to have a special guest on later this evening to talk about um, an upcoming town hall meeting on separation. Uh, so we want to, of course, thank Sister Rona Muhammad, our executive producer, and we're expecting um, our contributors, uh, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad and uh, our international correspondent, Brother Ruben Muhammad. Our health contributor, Sister Mariam Muhammad, will not uh, be with us this evening. And um, I just want to uh, say to all of you, we won't go into content tonight. It's going to take me a moment to uh, process and uh, recover from the exhilarating experience (laughs) of being being one of a uh, group of people uh, who were blessed to hear from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan today at Mosque Mariam here in Chicago at our headquarters, and um, much of what he said is is not just for those of us um, who may be working with him closely or be a functionary in some way that uh, had us there, but it is the way he feels about all of uh, those who are working for truth and righteousness and his love of black people and, of course, his love for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and, above all, for Master Father Muhammad. Um, so I, what I want to do, and I guess, Brother Terrence, this is kind of a way 
to uh, get people to study group tomorrow evening. I'm going to wait until study group tomorrow uh, in the question-answer period that I do following study group uh, to talk more about what Minister Farrakhan said today, but I want to make sure um, uh-uh. that <laughs> that I'm accurate and uh, want to make sure I, I pull out those things um, that are that are for uh, consumption of a broader audience. But he did right. uh, make a statement as to how very special all of the believers are to him. And we know that's true. That's why he does what he does for us. He is a mercy Man. in our midst. In fact, he is the attribute of mercy in our midst, the Jesus in our midst. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is Jesus Christ. But this man called Farrakhan, uh, given that name by the Christ, is the Jesus in our midst and the fulfillment of uh, prophecy in the fullness of time. So um, with that being said, I um, want to go ahead and get started on tonight's program. And nobody does it better than Brother Terrence Muhammad. So I'm going to toss <laughs> the mic to you, Brother Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to Allah. You know, it is a wonderful day, a magnificent day. We're watching the time and the seasons changing so that's, of course, some beautiful things that we have to talk about, we cannot get away from. As you said, we will be discussing later more details and jumping into a full and complete freedom, the question of separation, which will be happening Tuesday, September the 22nd at 7 p.m., a town hall. And this town hall is a live panel discussion being presented by the Delaware Valley Regional Center, Moss number 12. So that will be discussed tonight because we got to talk about a full and complete uh, freedom. So, you know, with that, Dr. David, we always want to encourage everybody on every Wednesday night to join us at 7.30 p.m. at NOI.org. Uh, just as we want everybody to join us on tomorrow with our self-improvement, 7.30 p.m., org, but also joining us every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern at org to get more of the life-giving teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And today we are remembering and reflecting on the more than a vision, more than a vision experience by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on this date 35 years ago when he was able to be in the presence of his teacher, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we are waiting and anxiously awaiting for that one more thing, for him to make that return to his father to get that which we will be blessed with when he has it. For those that hold fast and hold true till that eventual return, but we are remembering that more than a vision experience, and that was 35 years ago today. We also remember... 
You know, we also remember this past weekend, this past Saturday, the daughter of our student supreme captain and sister Karen got married this Saturday, and we saw the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan with Mother Khadija on their woo-wee 67th, good God, 67th wedding anniversary. Amazing. Uh, I haven't even gotten to that age bracket, and they've been married that long, uh, which was a blessing. Beautiful. Yes, so beautiful. And the most beautiful thing ever was to see their kiss uh, while they was on. It was just a beautiful, the love between those two is as fresh as the day they met, and it was so beautiful. The wedding was beautiful, but to see Mother Khadija and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan share that love in front of the world was amazing. And you can get some of that and see some of that at FinalCallDigital.com. FinalCallDigital.com. Get your subscription. Stop playing. Get your subscription to the Final Call newspaper. And, yes, the FOI, we are back in the streets. The FOI, we are back in the streets, but that does not Stop us from getting that digital edition of the Final Call newspaper at FinalCallDigital.com. And I want to wrap up and so we can get into this wonderful discussion, because there's a lot that's going on in the world. There's a lot. You know, people are talking about um, Kamala Harris bringing back Timberlands. You know, she's wearing Timberlands now, so people are talking about that. You know, trying to be cool. We 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 talking more about COVID and the vaccination. And it's real funny because I had a friend in Florida say, "Hey, y'all, I took the vaccination. I, I took some of the test vaccination. I've been feeling fine." And as she was making a Facebook post, she played as though the words that she was typing started to get scrambled and not making sense. So what she was making, she was making a joke that she had taken it and acting like she was feeling fine, but then her words started getting slurred. And I only bring that up because she's not a nation. She's not one of the conscious community. This is just a regular friend of mine. And there's a lot of people out there uh, saying we are not taking no vaccination. There's a lot of people in the medical world that say we are not, and we do not support no vaccination. So this whole issue of COVID-19 is still heavily out there. We're still discussing it. We're still talking about it. But let me tell you this. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gave an address called the Criterion, July 4th, and we got a remaster, remixed, and re-release. Go to NOI.org and see the re-release version of the Criterion with added footage. Added footage on those things that those called UFOs, we call them identified objects, Check that out on the Criterion. Check out the flag-raising ceremony. I was blessed to be there and see it, but you need to see the FOI and the MGT coming in and raising our national 90 years of the Nation of Islam. Not only did we raise our national, but we raised that flag that represents the national representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we raised that flag, and you need to see that raising that flag raising ceremony on NOI.org. And the last piece on the criterion that we want you to make sure that you go back and see, Dr. Ava, I am more than humbled. I am more than honored, and I 
am so humbled and so honored that I know I am nowhere near worthy of the blessing that I have been able to be in the presence of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and to assist in any way. I know that I'm nothing without him, without God, and he's the one that's making. It makes me want to work harder to do self-improvement. But I thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is the executive director from the re-release of this criterion. As they rolled the credits at the end, why did this name that I recognize, my own name, been in the credits for protocol, the lead person in the protocol, and to be recognized. And I only bring that up because we talked about having our name written in the book of the Lamb. And just to see that I had a part to play in supporting God's servant spoke volumes for me, and I am just so honored, and I thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on this show for allowing me to see him and to know him and to love him, to be able to work off my sins daily to help support him, as you said, because he first loved us and he has continues every day to pour his love that God has poured in him into us. Back to you, Dr. Ava. Oh, praise be to Allah. And, yes, um, all the things that you just... Uh, wonderfully uh, put on the agenda for tonight. We will cover in one way or the other. There is so much happening. And uh, the God, of course, is uh, relentless in culling the coastlines of America, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he would do. And so now, um, not only is the United States, the epicenter of the COVID virus, it is also the epicenter of unbreathable air in the world because of the condition of the state of California. Because all of the heavy smoke from the uh, wildfires that are raging out of control and we know that the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and all of those striving to be right in California they have nothing to worry about and the key in this hour is to follow the teachings and pay attention to the warnings and the signals um, as to where you are but uh, I was very happy to see our brother student minister uh, Malik um, Abdul Malik Muhammad, our West Coast Regional Representative, and other laborers from uh, the state of California. But the point of the matter is the God is working relentlessly uh, as we move through the execution of his judgment upon America. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and move forward. Uh, in our program, and we are blessed to have um, our wonderful contributor who always brings us such insightful uh, observations in the legal realm. Um, And, of course, as a Muslim follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the direction of Minister Louis Farrakhan, uh, the combination of that 
along with being a very powerful attorney, she gives us such insight. And that's what that's one of the reasons Elevated Places is the place to be on Thursday night. So let's welcome in our sister attorney, Pamela Muhammad. Yes, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. And um, all praise alaikum, beloved. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All praises due to Allah, Sister Dr. Ava, yeah. for such kind words. And Brother Terrence, assalamu alaikum to you um, as well, my brother. And um, ooh, you all have really been busy. It, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and and I, I just trying to pick up your spirit through the phone uh, because uh, words can't even begin to, you know, describe how blessed we are to be in the presence of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and you all who had the personal, um, you know, greetings with him. I, I'm just so thankful to Allah for that. And um, today, you know, I've been real busy, um, sister, <laughs> down here on the ground doing a little legal work. But what I did want to um, talk about uh, is this case of this whistleblower. Her name is Mrs. Wooten, Dawn Wooten, and she blew the whistle. Uh, and filed a complaint with, I believe it was the Department of Homeland Security or or one of those agencies regarding the uh, forced hysterectomies that were being done on these women at these immigration uh, and and customs enforcement centers. These women were held in detention, and now it's come to light, thanks to our sister, that they were forced to be um, sterilized. And, 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 you know, it just really brings back our history in this country as black women and black people where these type of medical experiments, I I believe, uh, you know, have been well documented of late. Um, There was a lady that wrote a book called Medical Apartheid, and she began to, um, you know, just really kind of show some of this too. Uh, how we have been the subject of experimentation and and brutality and just really genocidal plots. And so with this sister, Ms. Wooten, she blew the whistle, um, and I think they say it had something to do initially with the fact that this uh, detention center was not kind of COVID procedures. They weren't giving the people any kind of protective uh, or any real hygienic practices to to protect them from the disease. And she herself, you know, being an essential worker, you know, had some underlying conditions. And so she brought that to the attention, and I believe uh, an organization by the name of Project South uh, compiled her complaint. And I think they say it's about 27 pages, Dr. Ava. But, yeah, they filed this whistleblower complaint to the Department of Homeland Security uh, that a doctor who was contracted to treat detained women had performed a seemingly high rate of hysterectomies. And they were concerned about whether or not informed consent uh, was actually followed, which that's a law that requires, you know, a patient to consent to procedures that that are being that they're undergoing, and not only do they have to consent, they have to have a knowing consent. You have to let them know what the consequences are. Um, 
And so this is one of the laws that the sister nurse was suspecting that had been violated. And um, it went on. They, they called this doctor in this complaint the uterus collector. Um, and also they brought up, and I'm reading an article uh, from The Intercept, and it's talking about the long, disgraceful history of American attacks on brown and black women's reproductive systems. Um, and uh, Natasha Leonard is the actual writer of this article. But she went on to talk about how um, we have this history, American's legacy of, you know, this type of uh, cruel treatment and, and using us to, to you know, conduct these kinds of experiments. She talked about the father of modern gynecology who has a statue in Central Park, and he was known to practice these type of white supremacist practices, Sister Ava. And finally, we're talking about, they're talking about bringing his statue down. So, and I just kind of wanted to just wrap it up, but I thought this was something that needed to be thoroughly kind of vetted because this is one of the reasons why we have to look at separation as being the only solution because what was done in the 1800s to us as slaves during slavery is still being done. They talk about how 32 states maintain federally funded eugenics boards where uh, people, women were sterilized, men who were deemed undesirable. Tens of thousands of forced sterilizations were carried out. California had a so-called Asexualization Act, which led to 20,000 men and women losing reproductive capacities. They talk about how in the um, between 1930 to 1970, 65% of the 7,600 plus sterilizations that were ordered by the state of North Carolina were carried out on black women. And, you know, it just kind of goes on. But I just wanted to um, quote what this lady said. She said that the denial of reproductive choice to poor people of color through sterilization, forced birth, and mass incarceration. She just kind of brings out those eugenicist practices. And she said as recently as 2013, an investigation found that at least 148 female inmates in two California prisons were sterilized between 2006 to 2010. And this is, you know, what we know. So just in closing, um, one law advocate said they felt like, you know, with this director of Project South, he said that this immigration detention center should be closed down immediately, you know, as well as a lot of these private prisons that are also operating in the country. Um, you know, but, um, I, you know, I just kind of wanted to close out and, and bring that to our attention as to how our people are, are just being, you know, just being the genocide. And this is at the root of why we know we cannot get along with these people in peace. And that's what I want to say real quick. There was a, this week there was a a seminar by the American Bar Association, and it was talking about white supremacy 
um, in child welfare, in the child welfare system. So they were acknowledging and wanting us to study how white supremacy exists in child welfare. And we know that's at the root of our families, and this is at the root of the mindset that, yeah. you know, killing our people and taking our children. So I just wanted to bring those things up as evidence of what we see in the law uh, right now. Yes, ma'am. Not to mention our sister, Brianna Taylor, I believe that's her last name, who was murdered, um, and, and, you know, we have her in the news because her family did settle that case. However, the atrocity is just, you know, it's just horrific. So with that, Sister Ava, I, I just wanted to um, pass it back, and thank you so much for your time, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam, and thank you for yours. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I definitely want to jump into it. Yes, yeah, because as the minister has said, it is U.S. policy, U.S. policy to reduce the population of population. the planet by mm-hmm. two to three billion people. So approximately, they want to eliminate approximately half of the uh, Earth's uh, population. And so how do we how do we think they're doing it? Do we think do we not realize this is going on around the clock? And they have us so they get us fixated on singular uh events and situations and make us forget about what else is going on. And so while we're fixated for example on COVID-19 the abortions continue. The hysterectomies continue. The the murders in the street uh, continue. This thing, this is this is a policy of the the most powerful nation on earth to depopulate it. So we're we're grateful uh, for your report, right. Sister Attorney Pamela. And and Dr. Ava. And Dr. Ava, I wanted to jump in because one of the things, you know, the whole issue of the sterilization, uh, I'm glad she brought up because that's the reality going on across the country. And sometimes we forget about the the, the, the eugenics project and stuff that was done in North Carolina, particularly in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. But also there was a whole thing some years ago. I remember um, people telling me, you know, about the abortion clinic, uh, you know, um, 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 pushing black young girls, having conversation with them, but not only some of them are saying, look, if you don't have any more children, you can get your hair done for free. Just no more children, you get your hair done for free, we do your hair. It was all these little things to make sure that our black women did not either, or either they had abortions or they didn't have any more children. Uh, and there was just this campaign that was going around and just, just watching that, you know, right. to know that that's still on the books and that's being pushed, and that's the reality. Also, the whole Brianna case, you know, there was a press conference on, on until Freedom with um, Tamika Mallory, and you know, she thanked uh, the mayor for acknowledging acknowledging the wrong of Brianna Taylor, but she was like, no, there's not enough money to really settle. And the reality is that that that's not justice giving money because you're not bringing in or arresting anybody, and we are, they're still calling for the arrest of firing of those 
police officers, as well as Breonna Taylor is not just about Breonna Taylor. It's the overall, uh, as they tried to, uh, the no warrant um, law, they, they were trying to repel in Louisville and really across the country. So, um, and this is very interesting that they revealed that it was $12 million. Usually that's a large sum in, the, in these particular cases, and they usually don't even tell what the settlement is. So this is very, very interesting. And not only are we praying for California in those fires, but also Oregon. I, like, I don't think people understand the magnitude. Like the other day they said the smoke had reached North Carolina, so you may want to carry an extra mask because the air quality of North Carolina was about to change because of the smoke all the way from California. That's how bad it's burning in California. Uh, people are evacuating. It's affecting colleges, affecting schools, affecting people's homes. And the reality, just like Katrina, and people need to remember this, when Hurricane Katrina hits and when any natural disaster hit, natural disasters hit on, and just this, this is the comical piece, natural disasters hit on Wednesdays, black folks get paid on Friday. <laughs> Not to say that it actually happens on Wednesday and Fridays, but the reality is that natural disasters come when black folks don't have the ability and the resource and the privilege to leave. So when you say evacuate, we may not have the ability to get gas to get in the car or have a car to evacuate, or when we evacuate, where are we going? So in these natural disasters, you know, we're looking at how people really have to survive. So it's a lot going on across the country as we're looking at more weather coming from the coast and from the ocean as well. Like mm-hmm. you said, we're looking from the fires. So I say that because the criterion is so, so important to go back and look at as it's continuously to unfold that which we're watching um, today. And later somewhere I also want to talk about this upcoming election. It's a piece I wanted to drop in if we have time tonight. Oh, yes, sir, absolutely. And, and I'm sure our, our guests will, will also – uh, allude to the the political component of what is going on as as we prepare uh, for our separation. Um, that we have to be cognizant and and we have to be astute about the reality we live in as we begin to come out of it. And I remember as a young Muslim hearing. Uh, Brother Minister Jabril Muhammad um, talk about the fact that, you know, getting out of hell is uh, largely our own responsibility. Allah is calling us to come out of America, and you see what he's doing to restrain her. But we can't just sit and wait on a mystery God. We have to move on this. And so in order to, to prepare uh, for uh, an exodus, that involves logistics, that involves strategy. And the minister has frequently referred to the political component of this because it's not a spooky thing. It begins with taking over states and territories. And that begins with controlling who's in office in these states and territories. See, we're going, to, we're going to utilize the system they have in place in order to move toward coming out of her and then creating the system that is um, 
in harmony with Allah's will and the the way of life of original people. So that that's important. And so um, with that, um, I'm going to check and see and make sure um, that Brother uh, Student Minister Rodney Muhammad is is on the line with us. And if so, uh, we will bring him into the call. And if he has not come in yet, then uh, Brother Terrence, you could go ahead and start addressing that now. But let me let me check and see. Yes, ma'am. No, he is he is not uh, called in as of yet. So uh, why don't you, Brother uh, Terrence, uh, go okay. ahead and, and uh, give those observations. Yes, man. I think what what the, the thing that I wanted to bring up you now our 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 conversation is literally separation project separation dot com right. project separation dot com. Um, and before I get forget on project separation dot com, it was another piece I did want to mention before I bring up the point. Tomorrow, make black business and cultural. Uh, districts great again. Make black business and cultural districts great again. A town hall meeting with yourself, Dr. Ava, and Brother Yusuf Ali tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. So that will be tomorrow. And it's, you know, the hot black coffee. Uh, they're doing it, but. Um, Sites to view the Black um, Town Hall will be on Hot Black Coffee Party YouTube, yeah. uh, MinisterAva.com. So that is definitely our Collective Nine YouTube page. And we got to also make sure that people are going to MinisterAva.com, MinisterAva.com. Check it out. Make sure you go there for the new ebooks, all of the latest, I mean, the new ebooks, uh, all the, man, it's so much, Dr. David, that you're doing. I mean, it's like the new ebook, <laughs> The Season of Separation, How to Escape Time. The Season of Separation, How to Escape Time. You just need to get that just to learn how can you escape time. <laughs> if nothing else, how in the world can you escape time? So we want to make sure that people are checking that out. And, of course, the classic Real Love. But the point I was going to bring up, Dr. Avers, really quick, is that a lot of times in our community we work with a lot of nonprofits that are nonpartisan, that can't tell you who to vote for. We always say we know what, we want this one out of office, so we got to get this one in. But they can't tell you who to vote for. They can't tell you politics. But I just remember there was a conversation about uh, Hillary actually winning by three million the popular vote in twenty. Uh, 16. She won by the popular vote, but she lost That's the presidency. So my question would be, why are folks still out here telling folks to go vote, but yes. not really giving them any education or any knowledge or any understanding? Because everybody says, well, people don't know about the Electoral College, and nobody has really <laughs> even talked about, and never do, <laughs> until after the fact about the Electoral so College. Right. And after that, they don't talk about the states that carry the most electorate and what that means. So if they win this state and they did it in the swing states, but not really telling people. So, like, like if you in a state that you got two and three, they're like, I don't care about y'all. We ain't even doing no campaigning in there. But if you don't understand mm-hmm. that why your state or your area, the whole issue of politics. 
And it's it's very amazing how we have no clue. And right now we got the Biden Harris uh or Trump campaign, but we're not looking at any of the mayor electoral or any of the city council, county committee, whatever it may be in your city that actually directly affects you and it's going to affect your day-to-day life. Even though the president's seat does affect you, but I'm saying some other things that are going around you. We just do not have civics 101. We just do not have the basic knowledge of what a political system looks like. And then it even has us talking about we don't want to be involved in politics and don't understand that there's politics in everything that we do, even in our education, our religion, and how we eat. And the foods we eat is political. The health care you get, it is political. The air you believe, it is political. And a lot of political decisions are uh, are made by economic giants and a lot of the synagogue of Satan because it's about how they're going to make money is how certain policies and politics play out in America. So that's why they have to stop the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because when he exposed who they are, then they have to come and stop him from speaking. At least they will want to try to stop him from speaking about what is going on. But I just wanted to drop that, but I think we are ready, Dr. Ava, to go into where you was getting ready to go. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, and let me say this. The event with Brother uh, Ali, I mean, uh, Yusuf, I mean, uh, Brother Yusuf Ali, uh, the separated, is Saturday. I saw the 19th. I was I was going. I was escaping time, Dr. I'm sorry. I was escaping time. I was using some of your techniques, and I was a day ahead. The town hall is Saturday with Brother Yusuf Ali, not tomorrow. Oh, yes. Study group is tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, Brother Minister Rodney is on. I think I may have inadvertently hit something. Are you able my to hear me? Just Brother yes, Rodney? Sir. Yes, I'm on. Oh, all can praises hear me? due to Allah. Yes, sir. Praises due to Allah. Yes, all right. Hear, you can hear me. We hear you loud and clear. All praises well, due to Allah. And so let me just say this to the audience. I know you're pretty widely known, but just to repeat and reiterate, that uh, this this is one of the most powerful, uh, knowledgeable ministers we have in the nation of Islam. Um, I've never heard anyone listen to him and not come away uh, inspired, enlightened, excited. Even the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has said, he has said himself, he loves listening to this brother, Okay. So Minister Rodney Muhammad is the uh, regional representative of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for the Delaware Valley region, um, headquartered in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the iconic, legendary Muhammad Mosque Number no. 12. And uh, he also served in the uh, earlier days um, of the rebuilding when we first moved back into Mas Mariam, he served as our national secretary. And so his his experience and his uh, knowledge and wisdom 
or just uh, something that you would want to expose yourself to and try to listen to him whenever you can. But um, the Delaware uh, Valley Regional Center is hosting um, this coming Tuesday, which will be the 22nd of September, a full and complete freedom. And I will be joining uh, that panel along with uh, Student Minister Rodney Muhammad to discuss the question of separation, but to zero in on a full and complete freedom. And so I ask uh, Brother Minister to come on tonight and talk about this and some of the other issues I think you've been hearing, Brother Minister Rodney, while while we were uh, speaking earlier. Yeah, I was listening to him talking about the the business and the culture. uh, But first of all, let me thank you, uh, Minister Ava, for having me on. And uh, just honored to be before you and your listening audience that you've developed over the years with this program. And um, I'm not sure. I think I've never been on this show before, so I'm really, really honored to be on. (laughs) I don't know. I, I you may have been once, but it was. It's been. It's in the years. In in the it's gap. In the years. So it's, yes. it's way yeah. overdue. <laughs> and, and it's a potent subject, you know. Um, and I say it's first, bad. you know, in the name of Allah, who came in the person of Master Father Muhammad, in the name of His Exalted Christ, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and and in the name of their Apostle and Servant today. Uh, and we know him as a man growing into the messianic role. Uh, and wearing that kind of hat now. And, you know, I know to some people they think that's a stretch, but uh, if we took a real good look at ourselves, the way he's been teaching us and our value to the God, we'd see we're a messianic people. (laughs) Uh, We would would need to really uh, stretch. And so, you know, it just reminds me that uh, he tells us that, we are buried in this world because of its culture and way so far beneath the thoughts of God. We can't even see divinity in a man. So God knows we, the spark of divinity that's in each one of us, we'll fail to see that too. And so we'll neglect its development. You know. <laughs> so praise is due to Allah. Yes. So we're very happy to have you on in the Delaware Valley to talk about a full and complete freedom, the conversation again of separation. Uh, And um, it made me think about this first point of what we want, what we believe. And if I could just say when, when, um, when the attack uh, first started on us a little over a month ago uh, by uh, Jewish organizations and everything, the first thing they wanted to do was find our website. And uh, locally, we don't have a website, but I found out that some of the believers had put together this Facebook page. But the only (laughs) thing that was on the Facebook page was a lot of controversial things about the Jews. And I said, well, you know, this this controversy and this struggle with the Jews is just, it's a part of everything. But remember when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was asked point blank by the press, uh, Mr. Muhammad, what is your uh, mission? And he said, my mission is to give life to the dead. So um, we have to start from, always start from that point. So I told him, you know, be sure to put up 
our program of what we want, what we believe, so folks will know why we're here. And before people start guessing at what we believe and ask a lot of questions, maybe they could read those 12 points, then come back with some questions. Uh, because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad carefully chose words to the degree I'm understanding that his secretaries weren't allowed to change one word once he had finalized things. Because he knew these words would have impact far beyond the time that he wrote them. Uh, so, uh, full and complete freedom was was what brought that up. And you know, to, to be very honest, I, I put it on the thing about separation because um, I love watching history. And um, if I could just indulge you all for a quick minute and, and sure. by watching history, they have this program that comes on every year called the sons of Liberty. That's just a little movie, but it's supposed to show the early formation of this country. And it, it shows how Samuel Adams and Paul Revere met and why John Hancock, he was one of the richest among them. They took everything from him. So when it came time to declare independence, they said, you know, John, lost the most, you'd be the first to sign this declaration. So he said, I'm going to make sure King George sees my name. So his name is signed larger than his name on there. Well, now, I never uh, knew that. But, yeah, but uh, anyway, in this, these men wanted freedom. They wanted justice. And they wanted equality of opportunity. And they weren't getting that under the, the rule of um, the British and the British, surprisingly, didn't see them as their same countrymen anymore once they became colonies. So they were treated different by the British uh, uh, Commonwealth and, and, and the soldiers that were here. But anyway, long things short, they go to Ben Franklin. They go to Philadelphia to see Ben Franklin. They said, I, we're going to see one of the smartest men alive, and he can tell us more about what we want. And Ben Franklin tells them in this little uh thing that they put together he says the freedoms and the liberties that you're seeking you want them so that you can be equal with the british but in order for you to get those things freedom and justice and that you need a new nation so i thought about it when you talked about separation that we'd like to host you and have you talk about that. And, of course, we would just put the caption on it, a full and complete freedom, because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad recognized that also, um, that we would never attain it as Americans. Uh, They don't have the nature and the heart to give that to us. Uh, They lack the political will to even bring it about. And even now with over ten to 12,000 black elected officials throughout the country, we still can't bring any measure of it about. Um, right. And so I just thought about the founding fathers there, and, and of course, um, prophetically, the minister said, you know, you know, historically, if these men exhausted themselves in the study of the Bible based on their understanding, of course, they wanted to build a nation pattern after the nation of Israel. So that's why you'll see in their documents, you know, one nation under God. Uh, though they're, they're some of the most ungodly people in behavior, but they they were trying to pattern themselves after the nation of Israel. And of course, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad then told us this 
America is the real house of Israel, and we're the lost sheep uh, in that house. So um, that's some of the context that we want to talk about it in because, you know, when you start talking about separation, to me, you have to talk about responsibility. And when you've been robbed and spoiled, uh, responsibility can be a frightening word to a social group that has never learned uh, how to take that on, shoulder themselves with that kind of self-determination. And so um, as long as we stay like that, um, I remember when Pharaoh responded first to Moses when he said, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Pharaoh's response was, but they are lazy. Uh, as if to say, if they leave us and go try to form a nation of their own, they'll probably starve to death if we don't have Wendy's or something set up for them or something, you know. <laughs> they have no respect for us. They've, they've lost any respect. You know, I, I, I take that back. I, I don't think they lost respect. I don't even think they've ever really I mean, built any respect right. up for us. You know? Exactly. So, um, this thing of separation now makes me uh, see that, you know, we're going to have to suffer indignities on a daily basis, and I see it on social media uh, to the point that we just get generations that are that are fed up and ready to do it. Um, I think most people with with any measure of intelligence knows we need to do something other than what we've been doing. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and so you know, I go back to responsibility, and, um, you know, I keep using that term that the minister uses, we've come of age now, and uh, I have two sons, and when they were 10 years of age, my relationship with them was easily a dictatorial relationship. They had to do what I told them, and you know, any any lip, I can always talk about what clothes I put on your back, the food I put on the table, the roof I put over your head. They're in their 30s now. Uh, and I, even if they were still under my roof, I would have to change my approach to them. Come on. Because they because they become of age. And I don't care. You can use that. I, I'm putting food on the table and everything. They... They may say, well, yeah, I'm 30 and I'm trifling or whatever, but you can't talk to them the same way you did when they were 10 years old. That's right. And so, you know, and I just had to tell some Jews here, you know, we are men. We're not boys occupying a man's body. Come on. So, you know, to take to take us uh, and do, if there's displeasure with us, if there's a disagreement with us, there's a way that you can do it and approach but you have to do it as if you're approaching a man and not a boy. So, That's right. Go ahead. Uh, Come on, we, say that. You know, and so we have to, we have to take, you know, responsibility, or no one will respect us. So the honorable Elijah Muhammad obviously understood this, so he had to set up a military because he'd never be able to get things done without some regiment that would discipline us and and channel us in a way that we could get some things accomplished. You know, as a as a social group. So, um, you know, I didn't want to just keep talking, but those those are just some of my thoughts on the importance of 
Yes, and because and, now and, that we're uh, getting down to the the brass tacks of you know, mm-hmm. freedom, justice, and equality, I like the way you uh, sort of turn the spotlight on us because freedom is responsibility. When you're free, yeah, and that is the number one thing in the Muslim program, a full and complete freedom. So. Right. There's there's nowhere to turn except God in yourself. And right. we know our God is not a mystery God. He he already gave us in the manner in which he created us the ability and the will to do for self and he's provided That's on this right. planet, you know, everything we could need and I, I told the uh listeners earlier I, I might share some things from Today, once I yeah. process it and settle it in so I don't sound insane, That's you know, lot. coming from yeah. all, all over the place. <laughs> one thing you did, uh, you made me think of that the minister said today, you know, and, and you know, talking to, to people who consider themselves uh, part of the community of those who support him and, and aid him in this mission. Um, these these are the disciples. Yes. And he said, you know, but to be a disciple means you have disciplined yourself yes. into the way of life That's right. of the one you're a disciple of. So, you know, we sometimes we think we're disciples because we listen to him. We, That's right. Come on. we listen to what he teaches and we cheer <laughs> for what he teaches. And if someone says something we find offensive, we will push back and right. we will give charity here and there. But mm-hmm. that's not what a, that's not enough to make us disciples. That's and right. I, and I, you, you made me think of that when you said the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had to uh, set up, as, as he was guided by God in person to do, a military. Uh, because yes. there, and, and there had to be some, some regimenting. So when, when people say, oh, you're in the nation and you have to do this and you have to do that, well, first of all, you don't have to do um, anything in that regard. But on the other side of that, we're not self-created. Right. So we're subordinate to and mm-hmm. dependent upon someone. Someone. That's right. And that, that's yeah. what Master Father Muhammad came to correct. We are subjugating ourselves now to the wrong force. Exactly. And, and learning yeah. how to take your proper station at the proper time. You may... You may have an idea yourself in a greater light, but if you go ahead of your season, you'll prove that you were able to manipulate and get there, but the one thing you'll never be able to prove is that you had a right to stay there because something will always, you know, happen, and, you know, your desires and gifts can take you to a place that, that bad character won't be able to keep you there. So there has to be, you know, good. There has to be that development 
that inner development that has to take place. And, um, you know, I thought about, you know, I thought about Jesus fasting 40 days and nights, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad translated for us that no, no, he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to make a convert. No rush job here. You're not even allowed to get a convert to yourself to after 40 years, you know. And, yeah, and why should he do it in 40 days if the man that came in, and raised him studying 42 years to get his convert. Come on. So, you know, so it's, 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 you know, you start thinking about, you know, our development and learning. I mean, the model in the scripture, uh, and I noticed this, the, I think it's around the 11th chapter of, of Exodus, but it never occurred to the children of Israel. This is how emotionally, logically, uh, chemically, physically, physiologically, everything you can name that, that they were beaten down socially, politically, etc. It, it it never occurred to them to ask for reparations or demand it. So God had to bring it up, and He told Moses, "Go tell the children of Israel to require of the Egyptians their gold and silver." So the scripture says, "So when they did this." As all, they did all according to what Moses had commanded them from the Lord. It said they, 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 he caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the children of Israel. So that goes back to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. This God that I represent to you, he can cause people to think and act in ways that please him. <laughs> you know, so your very enemy could be changing your wealth picture overnight. And uh, so, but notice, out of rebellion, out of the absence of development, God can move, he proved he can move you geographically from one spot to the other. He took them from bondage in Pharaoh, changed their address to the wilderness, whatever street it was. When they got out there and they kept acting up and everything, then Moses goes to get guidance because he said, there's no way I can take you into this new thing of flowing with milk and honey and that without an education. Because, you know, the Negroes always trained. That's the way I was trained in the church. All you got to do is when you if you saved, when you die, the Lord takes you and puts you into this perfect kingdom. Well, right. how are you going to take Rodney Muhammad with his imperfect self and put him in a perfect kingdom. Whoa. That changes the nature and the character of the kingdom right there because I haven't been developed properly. So right. you have to be educated how to live in the hereafter. You can't just go in there come and on, come on. just pop up, you know, because you got a good <laughs> attendance record or something at the mosque. I mean, these are just a start. So anyway, they get out there, they get impatient with, you've seen it, they got impatient with Moses they're, they're separated now. They're separated, but they're not patient with Moses. So they, by the Egyptians being among them in the multitude, they tell them how to make this God. So they take the reparation, the gold and the silver, and melt it down and make a golden calf. By the time Moses comes back, the Lord had told them, go back to your people. They're down there bowing to this calf. So you know, it's really a sign that without when a man is used to help effectuate your separation, your your deliverance from your bondage and your jailer, uh, when you give up Moses, when you give up Muhammad, when you give up the message, 
when you give up the mission, but you still got the money, the money will become your master. Mm. Because you're no longer tied to something greater than your money. So a whole lot of money could be dangerous for us if we're still morally and spiritually underdeveloped. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, um, and I know we got callers that want to weigh in. Um, you uh, and I have talked about um, the compilation uh, that Brother Demetric Muhammad did of the oh. articles of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and oh, yeah. uh, the black newspapers of, of the days of, of the late 50s, early 60s, before there was a Muhammad Speaks. You know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's columns were being carried by the Pittsburgh Courier primarily. Yeah. And the, the, the FOI actually, before Muhammad Speaks, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had the FOI selling the uh, Pittsburgh Courier in preparation right. for our own newspaper. So by the That's time right. the Muhammad Speaks began, that that army that, that you just talked about, Brother Minister, that, that you have to have, had already been prepared uh, to go out with that paper, but you know, you and I talked about that heavy section on separation. Oh, and yeah. a particular uh, paragraph you drew my attention to, uh, where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote, "The work of Allah among <laughs> the so-called Negro is to separate him from his slave master and give him something of his own." And what you pointed out is, and that's one of the things I love about you, you, you really pay careful attention to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say and write and not just slide over their sentences. And you drew my attention. You said, look at what he said. The, it's the work of Allah. Allah's work. Among so God Himself is working among us to separate us from the slave master. Yeah, and and it yeah. shows how favored we are. The things that Master Father Muhammad put up with, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad put up with, Minister Farrakhan is putting up with. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I tell you, you just made me think of something. We, the, you know, the Negro mind, we have a picture of God sitting up on the throne chilling. And, you know, he's been working. <laughs> this Come is what on. a lazy uh, orientation to do to you. Because, you know, when you I always use this example years ago, it's kind of corny and silly, but, you know, sometimes I, I just feel the need to get a point across. And I said, you know, when you're spoiled, when you spoil a child, you see the boy, he's trying to learn how to tie his own shoe, but you say, no, let me tie it for you. Uh, let me mm. fix this tie for you. Let me, let, don't you do that. Let me do that. So someone will look at you and say, you know what, you're spoiling that child. 
That child will never Amen. want to do nothing for itself because you're doing everything for him. But that's what the cracker has done with us. You know, don't no no no. Don't try to educate your own. In fact, I'm gonna slap you with a violation. If you try to, I'll educate your children. Don't worry about it. I'll make Ooh. your clothes. Don't 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 try to manufacture anything. Forget about the export import business. Uh, well, wow. I'll take care of all that. All you got to do is go down. This, in fact, I'm building a new mall. You know. Where your children can play and eat Wendy's and you know just I just it, it, I it, love it. But we've been spoiled. That's oh, right. That's real. You're the most well-positioned black people on the planet, but the worst conditions. Uh, you 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 realize we're sitting here. Yes, we should be not only thriving here. The honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we should be leading the people of color around the world, helping them out of this. You know, when you see that Wakanda movie, that Black Panther, and they say we have the technology, we can help our people in that. That's the kind of position yeah. we should be in that with this wisdom. The fibranium right. is the unequaled wisdom of the honorable life. You know, but, uh, That's right. And so, you know, but I thought about um, a model to bring about separation when you have somebody that's been in our condition. Because we're not... We're not sitting around every day calling each other up, trying to find a way to break free of our jailer. You know, most of us are living right. our lives in a way to accommodate. We're just trying to keep from getting scarred so much, beat so much, killed so much. Um, mm. And, and um, but, you know, so our daily conversation is not about our own country, our own industries, you know, our own – it's got to become part of a conversation that we're having, too, so that, you know, it's easier to walk into it. It's, it's so easier for the next generation to walk into it because it, it becomes part of the, the, uh, the vernacular, you know. Um, but look at what happened to Honorable Elijah Muhammad in this message to the black man. He gives a model of this separation. He, it starts out with dissatisfaction. Then he looks for about 30%. And then out of 30%, they just need a leader. And this leader grows up, comes of age. He starts teaching Islam. Now, I'm still trying to fully understand. He said he taught Islam, but he taught it on a luxury basis. So I don't know if that's like prosperity teaching or what, you know, but he uses those words, you know. But so Yaqub taught this. He taught Islam, but he taught it on a luxury basis. So, and to me, Islam in almost any form of fashion is going to empower you in some kind of way. That's right. Uh, but um, he 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 teaches first. Then he gets so many followers. Then they start locking them up and everything. I'm just trying to fast speed ahead, but it it leads him to. Um, and, and I want to say this, too. He must have cleared the deck of all other leaders. There didn't seem to be a confusion over what the people should be doing and where they should go. So he gets about 59,000 of them to go. I don't know how many get to the island because he said they had inspection, and people who didn't pass inspection, they threw them overboard. So it's never listen, talked about listen. after the subtraction, what number did they get to the island? 
And uh, and so he doesn't really tell them what he's going to do. He starts out lying. I always tell people so I, they won't go to sleep on me when I'm teaching. I say, you know, he held a regional meeting and everybody wakes up. <laughs> so <I> said, <laughs> he said, look what they did to us. They kicked us out of the mouth. Now that's going to really get the people hot. You know, without a hearing, you know, so now... You got them angry enough at black. They're black, but you got them so angry at black, they they become good material to begin using to produce white. He got something in mind, but they don't know what he has in mind. So um, it seemed to me though that you know he he caused so much ruckus in the kingdom that the the king was willing to make a deal with him, and the deal was for separation. With, yeah. with a good with a good send off, and I don't read what I don't read is that he was able to make his new man and woman while they were teaching among the dissatisfied within the kingdom. He didn't start making the new man and woman that he had in mind until he separated them. So it always made me think, you know, white folks are real concerned about separation. Seems to be the first step in making a new man and woman. Exactly. A critical step. Mm. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, you know, but anyway, um, you know, all the nuts and bolts about separation, you know, where are the fears? Because everybody that left Egypt didn't love Moses, um, didn't love his God, uh, but they was catching so much hell in Egypt that they were willing to leave. Um, And I said, God, is that what it's going to take for us? I mean, we're already catching hell beyond anything I could think of because no matter how many of us are dying at the hands of a policeman, we have, have I mean, we have far exceeded that in how many of our own we're killing ourselves. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It, I, I think we I mean, uh, we we're right about at that point where you where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said Allah will make you separate because I I think what what we're what tipping the scale mm-hmm. is Allah is not allowing any relief from mm. judgment on his enemy and chastisement on us for remaining. With the enemy, yes, and ma'am. when when you saw that um, black people, you know the the honorable Elijah Muhammad told us you you can't fathom the depths of Satan. That's right. You know, re- really meaning that our whole genetic makeup is just not capable of forming. <laughs> the level of evil that's in his mind. Now, yeah. once we see it, then we, we, we process it. And then by having lived under him for nearly 500 years, we're beginning to, to uh, uh, adapt, emulate his behavior um, yes. so completely that we ourselves become unacceptable uh, to Allah, but our this this need in us uh, to forgive 
our mm-hmm. uh, tormentors is being pushed to the limit. And so when George Floyd was murdered in front of the world, you know, COVID forced everybody to sit down. So right. when George Floyd was murdered in HD, the world saw it. And this sent the people over. Everybody that poured out in protest was not protesting the murder of George Floyd. A lot of these young white people that were out there and even the older ones, they were fed up. They're fed up with their own government for a multitude of reasons. And and the Honorable Minister was not just Trump. And it's not just just Trump Trump. because – you know, Trump, Trump just has, he's been in there for four years. See, what about the other uh, 400 years for us? And <laughs> they're, they're 200 years of government. And, and we're back to the uh, schism of the monarchy that America was created to escape, where this is not a nation of uh, equality. This is a nation of super wealthy and poor. The middle class, yes. which was relatively new, which was something that America finally achieved, uh, is gone. And so you have uh, the founder of Amazon in, in the Forbes 400 list. This man has a net worth, a net worth of $179 billion. He had to give his ex-wife $60 billion in the divorce settlement. She gave uh, my daughter's university, Howard University, $40 million, gave Tuskegee. Um, I don't know what's under that. It might be sincere. It might not. But the point is, After George Floyd and the monumental pushback, I think black people thought there would be relief. Instead, we see um, Jacob Blake shot seven times in his back. In his back. Clearly unarmed. He's getting in the car. He's wearing an undershirt. His children are in the car. The nature of the whole event didn't even rise to the level of the type of violence that white police visit on us. George Floyd, an alleged $20 bill, counterfeit $20 yeah. bill, which if, if you hand a clerk a $20 bill in most places in the, on the planet, they're either going. They're going to give it back to you and say we don't accept this. We don't accept those. Or those They'll are not. They'll call that's 911. A, so the the athletes, or, or and I'm thinking of your, your point of, of of wealth. Yeah. The athletes snap. These young black athletes who are millionaires, multi-millionaires. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is just too. signed for. million, quarterback for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So the black athletes, they snapped. They said, look, we're not safe in this country. It finally penetrated. 
You know, this country has a big orange cone around it. It's unsafe. Yes, mm-hmm. It's dangerous to be black here. And they start crying and talking about themselves being pulled over in a Lamborghini. Right. Being pulled over in their top-of-the-line Mercedes Benz, being followed around in stores. Uh, Were it not for the fact, oh, you play for the Lakers or you play for the Cavaliers when they pulled out their ID. And so more and more black celebrities, black prominent people, attorneys, business people start pouring out that they live this. See, we were trying to pretend this was not our reality. But now that it is, we Mm -hmm. all have to say we are moving toward that Toward the end zone Yes And I heard a, a sister say on a program She said at this point in time mm. The tolerance level Of black people mm. For manifest racism Is zero It's yeah. zero And Brianna Taylor it, I have never seen Such sustained Pushback on the murder of a black person. And this is what it should be. See, they thought in Kentucky this was going away. Oprah yeah. Winfrey has never had anybody on the cover of O Magazine except Oprah. That's right. Nobody's face is on her cover but her. And she put Brianna Taylor on the cover of her magazine. See, black people are saying, so, so they haven't, we haven't got there yet, and that's why we have to keep holding these town halls and pushing. Right. Now you've got black people in Toomsboro, Georgia, purchase 100 acres of land, and the, the sister who's the real estate investor said, I was so traumatized by the murder of uh, what's the brother's name in in Georgia? Ashad? Uh, Ahmad Aubrey? Aubrey, yeah. Which was an outright lynching. These were not even cops. Mm -hmm. These were redneck peckerwoods. Yeah. Certified clans who just rolled up on him in a pickup truck. They had been plotting his death. That's right. They had been plotting his death. This nigga jogged, okay? And Mm -hmm. she said she was so traumatized by his lynching, she had to go into therapy. Wow. And so now a group of black people arrive at where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his national representative have been trying to take us. So when the minister said in 2015, make your own community a safe and decent place to live, we're just starting to realize what own means. Yeah. 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 See, for it to be, and you said it tonight, Brother Minister, what Benjamin Franklin told them, 
if you want all of that you talking about, you're going to have to have your own nation. Yeah. You ain't never going to get you're not that talking about rights with British. And so we have to think, we have to think in those terms. Yeah. Uh, and I think even people who haven't fully embraced what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about the true nature of our our jailers and our captors, I, you know, they can, black people can deduct enough that we we have given a very honest effort toward trying to live with what's an equal playing field. You know, we don't have time to play with left wing, right wing. People come to me with that, where we, the, the left wants this and that. I said, you know, this, this country's symbol is a bird of prey. And it has a left wing and a right wing. It takes two wings to fly. We've been bounced back and forth. Black people just really want justice. They want they want an even playing field. You know, they want the opportunity to to grow and achieve like everyone else. And the minister said, when you're when you're denied the right to develop your God given gifts and mm-hmm. and talents, the potential that you have as a human being. Uh, you're not complete, so you you can be free to go to Aretha Franklin movie, you know, but you you're not free <laughs> to develop into what God could have you to be, you know. So that's it's false advertisement to yeah, we're put up here that this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's false advertisement. So, uh, but uh, you know, I I think that. Um, I, I read, I'm trying to think of where I read, I just read it, where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I think the minister was bringing it up, but he said, we must now have subject-verb agreement. Yeah. So he said, so we can no longer talk about being free and acting like a slave. Come on. Come on. Yeah, if you're, if you're free, if you're independent, then you must start thinking and talking and acting like a free and independent person. That's right. You know, that's Pray subject verb agreement. Life. But but to talk that's about we we're, we're gonna be free, then I say, Well what what do you mean? We we march in the mob. Well who where are you marching to and what you gonna we going down there and demand so you're gonna demand that he change his nature, his whole idea about you <laughs> and where you belong. You know, so that's that's not freedom. That's hinging on if somebody's willing to give you something in that. That's not filling yourself with self-determination. You know, so there are things that are going to have to come with separation. And, you know, so it's going to take things. When Harriet Tubman separated those slaves geographically from the plantation, she had to put a gun on some of them. That's sure right. did. Because she said they just did not know that they were still slaves. That's right. That's they right. brought a mentality with them from the plantation. You know, unlike unlike these federal prisons and things when you ride up on them and you see the high walls with the barbed wire, you have to remember that the plantation was like a manicured lawn with blossom trees around it. There were no fences, no barbed wires. What kept no. the slaves on a plantation working and, exactly and, and you only had every now and then an incident of somebody trying to run away? That's um, right. Yeah, that's, it's a mentality. Mm-hmm. 
It yeah. is. Yeah, and so and 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 you buy into it, and so to to really see ourselves different, subject, then as honorable Elijah Muhammad said, then really disciplining yourself to that lifestyle, like we heard today, disciple, discipline. Um, you're acting on what you see in your mind about yourself. You got subject verb agreement. That's exactly right. Well, yeah. listen, we're gonna uh, yeah. we're gonna uh, let some of our callers get in on this, and so oh, yes, I'm gonna repeat this um, again toward the end, and naturally want you to stay with us. Uh, yes, ma'am. On live, so for the to weigh in on on whatever comes up. Uh, so I need for the listeners to uh, be prepared to spend some time with me this weekend, tomorrow night <laughs> for study group. That's right. <laughs> and also yeah. on uh, Saturday, um, the 19th, make black business and cultural districts great mm. again. Trump's talking about make That's America right. great again. Make black business and cultural district districts great again because this is one of the major components of the economic independence we're going to require in order mm-hmm. to have a full and complete freedom. Like you just said, Brother Minister, we think marching and protesting makes, makes us free. When you, when you have to protest, and I've said this many times, the term mm-hmm. by definition means powerless. It means yeah. you don't have the, the power of what you're, of the authority you're protesting, so you agitate them, you disrupt right. them, you make life difficult until they yield something. You know, as we said, the right. parent-child. Protest is a, is a weapon that God gives to the weaker. You know, an yeah. infant can't do anything but lay in that crib. She can't get up and go get milk. But I know one thing, she can turn right. that house out. She yeah. can scream at the top of her lungs and do it for hours. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, somebody is going to bring me what I need. Well, this, this is what we've adopted, and we've remained at that level. We're at it, and I think we got beaten we into it because uh, even being illiterate, I think we were, we were 98 to 99% illiterate leaving the plantations of the South, and we still built towns and things. So we started out, but they, they looted our towns, burned them up. They talk about us being looters and destroyers of community. They burned down <laughs> every single one of our towns. Scorched earth. That's right. And looted them. But anyway. And they beat us. They beat us through fear uh, into exactly. what we are now, a consumer group. And, right. they, they you know, and so now we hardly have nothing in the way of wealth. Uh, we have hardly anything to build on. We have resilience, but they're even beating down, you know, our will to fight. We're getting the fight knocked out. And the new program is uh, what's called Learn Helplessness. They teach you how yeah. to become helpless. Yeah. Uh, That's it's, right. It's just not something the human being desires to do on their own. You have to be, you, you have, have to, to learn people. how to be yeah. helpless. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with with, so with all of this right now, you know, I, I was talking with a group and I said, now that 
the only real power we have is a potential power called consumer power. Um, and I said, you know, it's interesting that God, we believe in a God that made a way out of no way and started with nothing. I said, we should just take nothing and weaponize it. Let's just sit down, like the minister say, and do nothing. We're not going to school. We're not going to work. We're not shopping. We're not going to CES or Rite Aid. You know, let's take nothing and weaponize it. That's right. Uh, And you'll watch the whole country shaking. You're not even talking about a a six-month-year project. You're talking about 48 hours by by, by, by 72 hours, Minister Tharkon will be at the, day, at the table making our case. Because they'll, they'll, they'll be realize ready to, in to, that short of time that we're, <laughs> we're like they talk about essential workers, we're the essential economy. When Trump talks yeah. about the economy, he's talking about Wall Street. That's not the economy. Some people sitting on laptops, betting That's right. on uh, companies and Trading no. share it, no, no it's us down here at the bottom run But anyway all that to say Make black business and cultural districts Great again That's right And I will be with uh, brother Louis Ali Who on this program we call him the separator This is yeah, going good. to uh, take place On mm-hmm. this uh, Saturday the 19th From 6 to 8 p.m. And that's going to be on Facebook Live, on Facebook Live, the Hot Black Coffee Party, uh, Mm -hmm. on YouTube, and also you can see this live on my website, ministerava.com, and uh, this is being brought to the technology by the Collective Nine, so that's going to be on Saturday, and then before we close tonight, we're going to talk again and remind you uh, of Tuesday, because we, we, we can't wait week to week, month to month. We got to keep this uh, uh, propagation of our faith. Islam is the religion of entire submission to the will of God. That's what the ultimate mm. aim of all of this is. But we're going to go uh, to the phones, and uh, we want to thank our callers for their uh, patience and waiting on us. and. Let's start with Sister Ula. She has a comment. Hopefully I can get her on. Sister Ula? I was afraid you couldn't hear me. My comment is to you to you about what has happened here in Detroit. They found a woman. Her family is the reason she's still alive. They found the woman that they were taken to the morgue, and she was still breathing. And Minister Park ah. taught on that July the 4th. Mm-hmm. And so mm. I wanted to say this to Brother Rodney. The minister warned us about these hospitals and the things they're doing, and could he give me some feedback on that? Thank you, Sister David. We love you. Yeah. Love you back. Love you Salam. Woo. remember him Good saying morning. I mean, is she saying that's the same case that he brought up, or is this another case in addition to the one he he um, he highlighted, uh, told us about on July? The I believe another case. Another case. My God. Um, and you know, yeah, we we really we really need to. I, I'll say this much: 
you know, with the hospitals. I was I was born in the only black owned hospital in Chicago. It's long since closed now, Providence, but you know, for better or worse, we really need our own uh doctors, our own medical people looking after us. And um the honorable Elijah Muhammad, of course he was he was attacked by the black elite in Chicago, but he he was looking to take the whole country club area over there on on Lakeshore Drive uh, and, and building a hospital uh, for uh, our people. Um, I think in Torchlight for America, the minister talks about nearly two-thirds, somewhere around 60% of all surgeries are unnecessary. Uh, so, you know, this... This whole medical profession, which I understood from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that the Savior wanted to, he wants to destroy it completely. Um, that you know, it's it, we're not going to have a corrupt government, a corrupt culture, a corrupt set of judges, as, as Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. You you can't get justice in the white courts. Um, an unjust police department, uh, and we, we, we have massive injustices nationwide, and then all of a sudden the hospitals is the one place you can trust. Uh, Come on. There has to be corruption there, too. Uh, That's true. Exactly. Come on. And, and That's we right. have a history of it. Yeah, we have a history Definitely. of it. I was even studying the eugenics movement, and actually the first women to be sterilized in this country were white. Uh, and it was they their uh, demographers didn't really realize that a lot of social conditions could mitigate and actually impact a child's behavior. And so they thought, well, you're poor, your wife's poor. If you give birth to anyone, they're going to be poor. So they'll end up being a, a, a poor adult producing poor children. So in, to get rid of poverty, we'll sterilize this white woman. And then she just won't have any children. And then that'll prevent poverty from spreading. Well, you know, they began to see later on after the depression in that, that there are a lot of social conditions that bring about um, an impact and color the mind and impact behavior in that, but all of this comes under this medical profession. It's it's faulty. Um, it um, the if you believe in what the honorable Elijah Muhammad taught, this whole world started with a minister, uh, a, a clinic with a doctor and a nurse in it, uh, and a cremator to burn up and hide the evidence. So they started out wrong, all the way across the board. You know. And so yes, the formation of World Health Organizations and all of that uh, doesn't purify that origin that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about. I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I mean, there are tragedies that we know about, but to think about somebody being alive, zipped up in a bag, is horrifying. It, it, it really is. It's like the worst case mm-hmm. scenario of terror. Um, yeah. We're going to go to Brother Hoyle, who has a comment. Brother Hoyle, 
Well, uh, yes, yes. I'm glad you have all the guests and Brother Student Minister Rodney, excellent minister. Um, I want to say this is a beautiful show, and um, going back to Sister Ula, um, before I mention the economic thing, um, you know, they told my mother, Sister Brother Rodney and Sister Ava, when she was married my father, that she wouldn't be able to have children. You know, the doctor told her, mm. say, no, you, you're not going to be able to have children. So my dad mm. said, no, we're going to get a second opinion. And there was nothing wrong with my mother. But it's just this eugenics mm. of black women having babies, and I popped me, you know. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's why I, <laughs> I said I'm the, way, mm. I'm the way I am. But, um, yes, uh, you know, I, yes, um, I wanted to uh, read this uh, about the Jewish father of the labor movement hated blacks. His name was Samuel Gompers, a Jew, and he was the head of the American Federation of Labor. He publicly delighted in referring to blacks as superstitious, dull, ignorant, happy-go-lucky, irresponsible, lazy, immoral darkies. A student of the Talmud, he warned America of the hordes of ignorant blacks who were huge, strapped fellows, ignorant and vicious, whose predominant trait was animalism. Under Gompers, the unions had a mantra. Listen to this. Never let a nigger pick up a tool. Jewish labor and historian Hubert Hill wrote that the organized labor was decisive factor in barring of Negroes from full and equal participation in economic life of a nation. So that's part of that, uh, yeah. you know, uh, will of uh, economic development in the black community. Because, like I said few, earlier, just a few yes, years sir, from this, just a few years before they began that kind of. Uh, Orientation of mind of the Caucasian, uh, it was it was beneath the Caucasian to do uh, many of the things that you find done in what they call the trade. Yes, sir. So that right after the Civil War, that same book, our research team found that right after the Civil War, the only real mm-hmm. skilled tradesmen in the country were black, because white men saw that workers beneath them. So when it came to your carpenters, your bricklayers, your plumbers, your roofers, uh, and people that did all that kind of work, um, no one no one really knew how to do it but the black. That's right. So now, can I have, can I have a question? Come, I got a question. Some background somebody else somewhere. Oh, Brother yeah. Rodney, um, why mm-hmm. is it today, uh, you look at the black young black men today, uh, they took all of this stuff out of the schools. I mean, most of the younger black men don't even really don't know how to do trade. You know, it's not. I'm, I'm thank God for Brother Lewis Ali who's teaching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trade. But now you see most of the young black men they don't know how to change a tire. You know, I, I me personally, I, my son's 24, and you know, I had him doing all the things that I grew up. You know, with my father, we, we you know, I did construction and we worked on things. But, I mean, this, I guess with a single family, uh, the, you know, the family breakup well, they took is it part out, of that, they too. They took it out yes, of our schools in Chicago when I was coming out of the seventh grade going and, and, and getting ready to go into the eighth grade. My, my parents had benefited from civil rights bill being passed in 64. By 1967, we moved uh, into a neighborhood that was primarily a, a Jewish neighborhood. And so when I graduated from eighth grade, I was only one of four in the entire 
eighth grade graduating class, but um, I remember leaving one public school from a black neighborhood and coming to that same that that new neighborhood, which was a public school. My workload, I'm telling you, brother, my workload changed the day I hit that school with those white folks in there and those Jews. They, they, the I had to read three chapters of science and all that, but I was going back to your point. They had home economics. Every girl in there, black or white, and it wasn't. It was only two other black girls in there, and I was there. So we was like three black folks in the in the in the whole eighth grade class. But they had to know how to sew a button on a shirt. You know, you learn some fundamentals about fixing a flat tire, uh, and there were a lot of other home economic you know, sort of like fix of the trade that you learned, but, you know, they kept, they, they kept you learning a lot of these things. I mean, the country is falling. And I would dare say exactly. that even, even white children are not being taught as well as they used to be taught. Oh no. When I, from fourth grade to eighth grade, that's four school years. Every Monday I received 10 words. You had to write them all out. You had to take them home Monday night. Tuesday, you had to have a definition of all those words. On Wednesday, she expected you to write a sentence with each word to show that you knew how to utilize that word. Thursday, you had to be able to match that word with the right definition. Friday, you had a spelling test. Monday, you got 10 new words again. They don't even have that in the schools anymore. You know, so so your vocabulary is limited. I you know, people tell me in Philadelphia, well, Muhammad, we got to do something about this broken school system. I said, the school system's not broken. It's fixed the way they want it to work for us. We're the ones that's broken. Exactly. We need to pull away from it. And this is another reason for separation because, you know, 90% of a child's brain develops between three and five. And we, just, we don't have a window of time to be playing around with life. And then it, the thinking that, Somebody can just get a new idea, and all of a sudden we're going to come up and start building something new. If we don't start taking our children and debriefing them and doing something now, you already have black historians in that that are saying, you know, it's too late. The only reason I don't join in with them is because I believe that God is present, as the Honorable Louis Farrakhan teaches, yeah. and that, that he will bring about deliverance. And, and there's something Sister Ava mentioned in her opening of Study Guide 19, thought reversal. He can bring it about. Yeah, he can bring it about. But but you, I guess I'm trying to dramatize to, to really talk about what we're really up against here. And, um, and if people can take simple things out that work. Yeah. All praises due to Allah. Thank you. And you're yeah. laying out some beautiful you laid out some beautiful pictures tonight. And and let me first say I apologize to Brother Lewis Ali. I apologize, Brother Lewis Ali Ali. I kept saying yourself, so I first oh. wanna say apologize to Brother You said that not to you, Brother Right, there's something I made an error earlier. But I love I love the layout of how you laid out about one that we gonna get so tired of Pharaoh that we will leave. So most people are so tired of Trump. The the fact that you even said we don't care about Allah yeah. or whoever, let's just get the hell up out of here. 
that yeah. they will follow the lead because they're just so tired of it. They don't care who's in leadership. Let's just follow this person. Let's get the, up out of here. At the same That's time, right. um, while they was leaving and people knew they had a lead and they was escaping, Harry Tubman still had to put a gun on them and say, no, you can't go back. Because some people are like, man, why are we out in this wilderness? I don't want to go back. And that's why we talk about the scriptures talk about the being in the wilderness for forty days. I mean, you yes. know, for for the period of time. That's right. Uh, for the years, for the time that they had a lot of people die out, and so it's very interesting how you making these analogies and really kind of showing, you know, what what town are we going to or what people are we going to, and people really. Like um, Dr. Ava said, we gotta we gotta argue the case for separation, then let people choose because literally, people say why why are we running? We're not in bondage because, like you said, there are no fences on the plantation. There's no barbed wire on the plantation. There's nothing, and there are literal people say we are free. What are y'all talking about? We in slavery. We in slave. You only slave to your mm-hmm. choices. You decided not to do this or do that, and blah blah blah. And people will tell you that they would literally fight against saying that we're not free. Yes, they they will do that, brother. I tell you that you you're so right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I just mm-hmm. hope that um, I just want to be alive. I can tell from my own sons. I just, I look at them on social media sometime, and I you know, and I told myself, man, I'm up here sitting with people. This this generation, I just start with my own children. You know, you you don't have to look beyond your own household. They're not going to be as tolerant as the generation oh, of no. baby boomers. Oh, no, no, no. Folks, these, these, these folks that are coming, they're the ones the minister promised us were coming. <laughs> and they're like they, far less them. tolerant of Jews. Like, they don't care. They, mm-hmm. once, once they're tired of it, like, you know, it reminds me one time years ago, Minister Farrakhan had Reverend Al Sharpton at the mosque, and that was back when Sharpton wore his hair real long. And Sharpton got on the podium and he said, you know, forgive me for my hair is not, you know, cut. But when you're running out of darkness and the light, you don't have time to stop at the barbershop. We can't be worried about did somebody write a letter and when did he recite and all. No, people are going to be fed up with this country and they're going to be ready to go. And I think we're going to have to take it just like you buy some things as is. Um, and we have to start working from there, trusting in God to help us to bring this thing about. I I don't think I'm going to see all of it in my lifetime. I don't I don't know what Allah has planned for me, but I can see that it, it's got to be a process. It's not no presto thing. You know, when I was at the Negro mine in the church, everything was taught presto. Boom. You go from living in hell to heaven. And we'll be singing up there, and we'll be doing uh, this. That this stuff doesn't happen like that. Uh, it has to be a process, and sometimes that process is generational. But some generation has to start the process. So I do remember the minister saying once that we will be made the foundational stones of an eternal kingdom. Yes, and. And then he said, we who set this up, we will always be remembered, he said, because we will be known for bringing down Satan. Yes. Yeah. Which is, in, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yes, it's so awesome. Let me get a few. Yeah. Let me get a couple more. Oh, yes, ma'am. 
uh, calls in here. We have Sister Darcel, and she has a comment. The time goes by really fast when knowledge is being shared. <laughs> Sister Darcel, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, I just have a Thank quick. I have uh, uh-huh. assalamualaikum, family. I just have a yeah, concern, and I hope someone can answer this for me because I'm a little disturbed about Patrick Mahomes. I found out that he's planning to marry a a, a European, and I don't see how I can be a cheerleader for someone who does not feel that they can marry someone that looks like their mother or father, but can you just give me a play? That's the only concern I have because if he's going to make that much money, all that girl has to have is one baby, and she said for life. Just just saying, and that's what's on my mind. I'm sorry that's where my mind is going tonight. But no, it's understandable, but I'll, I'll help you with that. His mother is white. Okay. His mother is white. Okay. Mm. His, his father is uh, Brother Terrence's complexion. My husband's complexion very beautiful, A dark, dark brown. Mm-hmm. However, his father uh, is a major league baseball player mm-hmm. who was who a pitcher for the New York Giants. And, of course, when, when our uh, brothers get in professional sports, you know the drill. Um, and it starts in college. You know, they're surrounded mm-hmm, right. by white women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he is marrying somebody that looks like his mother. But mm-hmm. just like Master Father Muhammad has a white mother, uh, mm-hmm. but his father is black. He He is black. And Patrick Mahomes was one of the first to uh, speak out when George Floyd was murdered. In fact, he, along with some other players, made a a video. They made a commercial uh, speaking uh, against this systemic racism, the murder, um, the murders, plural, of black people at the hands of police. Very forceful. And it, because he is the face of the NFL right now as a superstar quarterback and the highest contract. That's what forced the commissioner of the NFL to come out and concede to what Colin Kaepernick, uh, who's also the the child of a mixed-race couple, Mm -hmm. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, when he took that knee in 2016, he took all the heat. Yeah. For what you're seeing now, and in turn, this is what I'm talking about, that we're at the end. Because when the high-paid entertainers and athletes Stand up and say, you know what, I'm so sick of this. I don't care about the money anymore. And frankly, I have enough money. Come on. Because they are making so much money so quickly that Mm -hmm. in a few short years, they are able to walk away. 
And now it's peer pressure. So when you talk about black youth, they are the black youth. Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old. The Joshua. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He's 24. The the MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson, is younger than that. He's 23. Yeah. 23. With, uh, with yeah. Deshaun Watson, the star quarterback for the Houston Texans, was also on that video. And it's been that way all along. Our problem has been we let one person step out and they get lynched. Mm-hmm. But when we step, stand up in unity, and you know what the, the, the white commissioner of the NFL said, and it's mostly white-owned. In fact, the only owner that's not completely white, and most of them are Jews, is, is Pakistani. There's no black owner. Though the league is 70% black, but Roger Goodell, the commissioner, had to say, if it were not for the black players, there would be no NFL. Yeah. See, we're realizing what the minister's been hammering. See, these are children of college students that listen to the minister. Yeah. That's who's, that's who's, you're talking about people born in the year 2000. That's who's out on that field now. Right. Yeah, my, my, my daughter is teaching me. Uh, she said, well, you know, Mom, at Howard University, we're not here to get a job. We're here to solve problems that the world is facing. You know, mm. so... <laughs> I mean, I'm learning from her now. One of her, she lo- is loaning me one of her textbooks is in philosophy because I was so blown away by it. It's what Brother Minister is saying. This generation is is new and different. But, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's right. That's understandable. Uh, and keep in mind that even the, the mixed The company. wealth transfer, see, there's a, that wealth transfer is not spooky. It's coming through. Look at all the black uh, business people we didn't even know about. Yeah. That brother yeah. that uh, paid off all the Morehouse graduates. And Morehouse, loans. yes, ma'am. Right. I didn't even know. Yeah, now he's he under investigation. All of a sudden, he's under investigation. Yeah. We don't even have to worry about all that stuff now. Because the God mm-hmm. is taking this thing. That, they're not in no position to investigate nobody. Right. That's right. <laughs> I know that's right. right. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you you got a, a the the head of the CDC and the president are at war with each other. They're so messed mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. over the manifestation of their incompetence. Through this mishandling of this virus, and then what you just said, Brother Rodney, which we mm-hmm. all need to remember, you don't have a nation where one major institution is corrupt and, and, and another one is corrupt, but this one over here is pure. Yeah. We, we got to know. But thank you, Sister Darcy. Thank you. Mom, you know, Mom. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And somebody was, uh, you know, what they've been bringing up now because people are trying to make issue with, well, you know, this is a child from a mixed marriage or this, that, and the other. The, the slave master had a lot of children from mixed relationships. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's it, it, it's a part of the history of us, the black and white now it is. Uh, in America. It is. Yeah, That's right. and it, it played a big role in, in, you know, the careful planning, and as Dr. Wesley always says, it was a strategy to bring about Master Fog Muhammad um, through the science of mating. <clears throat> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll brought, say so, this, too. Uh, when I had our late beloved sister, Dr. Frances Crest Welsing, on my mm-hmm. radio program on BON, and she explained uh, the 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 reason we will never be able to merge with with white people is their fear of genetic annihilation. And yeah. someone called in and asked her, "What what is? Can you give us an example of genetic annihilation?" And she said, "Yes, Barack Obama." Mm-hmm. And she proceeded to explain that mm-hmm. he's the child of a black man from Kenya and a white woman from Kansas. Kansas, when, yeah. When, when the two come together, the black consumes the white. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it subsumes it. Mm-hmm. It swallows it up. And this is why in, their, in the core of their being, they all know Yakub, Dr. Yakub made them in a lab from uh, genetic manipulation, and they're finite. Yeah. And their reason for not wanting to mix with us, they're the ones that disappear when that happens. Yeah. But I, I, I want to uh, say, uh, acknowledge, I know he, he came on late, but we were already in deep into this, but our international correspondent, um, is with us, Brother Reuben Muhammad, and I know he has. Oh, he right. always brings it. Yeah. <laughs> so, inshallah, <laughs> we can. We, Brother Reuben, are you are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, my, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikumsalam. My internet. We haven't. Comcast is not doing doing its job. They've been fixing this for hours. But. Uh, Maybe you can give us uh, 90 seconds of something as a trailer <laughs> <laughs> for next week. Well, well, all praises due to Allah. I heard everything on the show today, and thank you for coming on, Brother Minister. And um, to all the listeners, yes, sir, look, my uh, a lot of people uh, wanted to get a, uh, an update from me, what's going on in Australia. They're starting to ease some of the uh, restrictions. We can now go out for two hours a day for exercise. The curfew is still in place uh, at nighttime, and there's a ring of police and army, so we cannot travel into country areas at all. So very strict fines and all of those things. But we've got to be careful. COVID, let's follow what's going on around the world. India is now number two, and will soon pass America as a number one for infections, and will most likely catch up to that death rate mm. probably in about a month that America is facing. So let's keep following all of the instructions that we've been given by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And next week, I'll give you a more detailed report and many, many, many other things that bear witness to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told yes. us going on above our heads and down here on earth. Assalamu alaikum.
I just want to repeat one more time that Tuesday night, 7 p.m. tonight. Is that 7 p.m. Eastern or 7, 7 p.m.? Yes, ma'am. Is that yes, Eastern, Eastern? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Eastern time. So 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. Right. And you can find it on my Facebook page, the uh, information. And, um, Brother Rodney, you can tell us any other places they can find it. But this... Uh, the question of separation, a full and complete freedom. And uh, Brother Minister Rodney Muhammad and myself and a panel will discuss this. It's being hosted by the Delaware Valley Regional Center. Um, and we definitely want you yeah, to join us. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's on Zoom, so this will be a visual uh, program. So thank yes, you so much, sure Brother thing. Minister Rodney. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you all. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And, of course, I want to thank my co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, our legal contributor, and everyone that called in and logged in this evening. If we did not get to you as a caller, I promise, please call back next week, and we will make it our business to get to you. May Allah bless us all with love. And the light of understanding, visit me on ministerava.com. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs>